0: but that's also why you're never all that satisfied for long when good fortune comes your way. This is the Hello20s podcast. My name is Jan and I'm your host. I'm an online content creator trying to navigate life while in my 20s and sprinkling a little knowledge and wisdom here and there. Let's face it, we don't have it all figured out, but we can learn a little from each other along the way. And I'm so glad you guys are tuning in on today's podcast. okay hello everyone (laughs) welcome back i've been m.i.a with this podcast the last few weeks as i was trying to quote unquote figure out my life um which seems to be happening quite often these days and you know i've come to the conclusion right now that i can't just stop part of my life while i'm trying to figure things out because life is always moving and always changing as am I but also the last three weeks I have not been feeling well and I can finally say this week I'm slowly recovering the symptoms are gone or as it seems like it's going away and I have my motivation back I always put living life and work like my actual work my actual job um before any of my side projects and there's only so much time I'm given in a day so or at least we're given in a day and it is what it is but I'm back this week with a new episode for you all so basically a few months back like half a year back actually, like last year actually, the end of last year, I bought some books and some magazines and I finally got the chance to finish reading this magazine um, two weeks ago. (laughs) It's a special time edition magazine and it's the science of happiness. So today I want to share some things that I found interesting from this magazine and just my thoughts on um what was written um so yeah like i said i've been wanting to talk about this topic for a while actually even before i started reading this magazine um but i didn't know how to execute it and i didn't know what to say i feel like there's so many of those you know what it is what are those called like those graphics that you can find anywhere online that has like a happiness quote over it or like a optimistic quote on it and you know you can find them everywhere and anywhere online i also feel like the topic of happiness and how to be happy is i wouldn't say overdone but there is a lot of those out there for people to look for. So my mind was just like, why should I add another into the pile? But there were some things from this magazine that I found interesting and I thought it was worth sharing with you all or whoever is listening to this and they somehow stumbled upon this episode or my podcast. Happiness is like everyone wants to be happy. We want to be happy we want to live a happy life no one wants to be sad no one wants to live a miserable life but i think we often forget that happiness is just one emotion we as humans feel i also touched a little bit on the topic or on this topic and you know happiness in my graduation video on my youtube channel so we all know happiness is one feeling but if I asked you if you could list all the different emotions we, like we humans, can feel, would you be able to? There is this study done by the Greater Good Science Center, based um, in University of California, Berkeley, I believe. Yes, that <laughs> there are at least twenty-seven different emotions that we as humans feel. Okay, so this is a little bit off topic, but (laughs) lately I've found myself dissecting and breaking down words apart, but in Chinese. It's weird. I know you're probably like, what is Going on in that mind of yours. (laughs) But Chinese is such an interesting language because if you break words or phrases apart, they have two separate meanings. But when you put the words or the characters together, it means something else, or it makes, you know, it just. It makes sense. Okay, so I'll just tell you guys by giving you guys an example because sometimes that's easier to follow along than me explaining it to you. So the word happy or happiness in Chinese is kai sin. When my mom knows I'm upset or I'm stressed, she will tell me to kai sin yi dan. Be a little happier basically. And the word Kai sin has been repeating in my mind a lot and that's when my mind will start to break down these words. Almost like when you repeat a word over and over again that it sounds different. So Kai sin, Happiness Happy That's two characters. Kai means open and sin means heart. So a Direct translation of kaisin means to open your heart, but people use the phrase kaisin as happy and happiness. And that got me thinking how part of being happy is opening up your heart and opening up your mind. There's this quote from Abraham Lincoln (laughs) where he said, most folks are usually about as happy as they make their minds up to be. Okay, I'm done with that. (laughs) I just thought that was interesting and I wanted to share it with you guys. So going back to the science of happiness and, you know, how do we find our path to happiness when we feel down? This magazine is divided into three different sections, the mind, life, and spirit. And within each section, there are articles related to that topic. And, you know, I'm not going to go through every single one. I'm probably not even going to touch on some of the sections. Before we hop into some of the things mentioned in the articles that I do want to share with you, I wanted to share some interesting statistics. They have this like cool spreadsheet of infographics and maps, which I love. Okay, so the U.S. is currently ranked 18th worldwide in measure of happiness and Finland is the world's happiest country and the highest rate of happiness for immigrants. Um, they have this like happiness scale that's color-coded and so yellow represents the happiest and like on a scale yellow is the happiest and then it's green and then it's like this teal color and then it descends until it's dark blue which is the least happiest or the least happy, Um, and the U.S. is on green along with Mexico, Brazil, and majority of Western Europe, while the ones that are yellow and the most happy are Canada, Australia, and the Norwegian area, and um, some parts of Western Europe. So what determines our happiness? Apparently, genetics makes up 50%, and 10% are the external factors such as our income or our beauty, which is a little vain, but guys, 40% is the, um, is from our behavior. That was so hard for me to say. So 40% is a lot, and it's governed by our choices. And I think we live in a culture that is always hustling and bustling. And although, you know, self-care is becoming big now, so there is like this slow shift, but the mentality of trying to get as much done as possible, crossing those, um, those lists on our, or those lists, those things, those tasks on our to-do list, trying to compete with someone else by one-upping them on a task. Thinking about what we need to do next is very much present in our society right now. I think in some ways it shows that we're ambitious and that's great. We think By doing more though, we're getting ahead and thus making things for our future selves life easier and in some circumstances that's very true, however, if we allow ourselves to be consumed by that, consumed with work, we really are sacrificing our personal happiness and enduring more stress. We sacrifice being present and that's what the first article touched on. Um, it says, the problem comes when we keep delaying our happiness in favor of getting more things done so that we can be even happier later, or so we think. It's an illusion, guys. I know I mentioned this somewhere, whether it was on my podcast or it was my graduation video, that you can't be chasing after happiness or the thing in the distant future that you think, like I want to capitalize every single letter in that that you think will bring you happiness because the sad truth is bear with me guys the sad truth is we aren't guaranteed the future and honestly we aren't even guaranteed tomorrow or the next hour which sounds so sad but it's true you don't know what's going to happen in then in the next hour you don't know you don't know and the second thing is you don't know for sure if that thing or whatever it is will bring you happiness the article also mentioned how if we always think working hard will bring us happiness and the things we want such as success money whatever it could be um If we are trying to accomplish a task while having the next task on cue in our mind, we are actually preventing ourselves from being successful because it wrecks havoc on our mind and our body. When this happens, we aren't performing at our highest level and we become mis... mis... mis miserable. Wow, guys, it's late at night. Um, We become miserable emotionally and physically. So it says in this article that paradoxically, slowing down and focusing on what's happening in front of you right now, being present, instead of always having your mind on the next thing will make you much more successful because the research shows that being present and focusing on what is in front of you will make you more productive and happier. So there's this other study that was conducted by psychologist Mather Killingsworth Killingsworth and Daniel Gilbert um, from Harvard University. They collected information from... 5,000 people and found that adults only spend 50% of their time being present and they also found that when we are present we are the most happiest even even if we're doing activities we don't enjoy doing if we are 100% consumed in that activity we are going to be happier than if we are thinking um, about something else You know, which makes total sense. Your mind is consumed with what is in front of you and you're not off wandering about other things that you could be doing. It's almost like FOMO. You know, the fear of missing out. FOMO is pretty bad. It's a pretty bad feeling to have. So when you think about something you much rather do than what you are doing now, you're just making yourself feel bad. Does that make sense? Okay, anyways, there's another article on nine ways to feel more joy, and I'm going to share the nine that they listed, but I wanted to go um, into detail with a few that they mentioned. So the first one is to buy yourself some bliss. This is not physical things, not objects, but experiences such as concert tickets or you know, a cooking class or whatever it may be, a vacation, a trip, whatever is experience based, we as humans get maximum pleasure from social bonding and you already feel the effect of happiness before you even go to whatever that thing is, whether it's the concert, the cooking class, the vacation because the anticipation can bring you just as much happiness as the experience itself. The second one is to be bullish of me time. Um, The third is forget self-improvement. Fourth one is make tough stuff work. What they mean by this is, you know, we all go through tough times and when we do embrace it because when that storm is over, you'll start to appreciate what you have. They use the example of patients who have had cancer. If you experience or have slash had cancer or know a close loved one who's had it, you know how hard that pill is to swallow and the uncertainty of what's next so for those who are lucky enough to get treatment and to recover those patients expressed how happy they are with life and just the smallest things so this isn't to say that you have to go through something traumatic in order to feel happy afterwards to appreciate and be grateful life will always throw us a challenge whether it is a small one or a big one and like they said make the tough stuff work Okay, so number five is to be generous with your time. Doing things for those you love makes you a happier person. Number six, spend 21 minutes focusing on your relationships, whether they are your romantic relationships, your friendships, or your relationships with your parents, anybody. Spend some time. Seven is to try a tearjerker, so like a sad movie. Number eight is to find a way to bring joy to your commute for those who have super long commutes and have to sit in traffic. And number nine is to fake it till you feel it. The one that says to forget about self-improvement. I think that's so interesting. Oftentimes we think that self-improvement will bring us happiness and we need to work on ourselves to become a better version of who we are but what they said in this article is and I'm just going to read it word for word. Basking in what's already great about yourself is a more effective route in root to joy than trying to fix what's not, says Willibald rouche a professor of psychology at University of Zurich who studies character strength and happiness. Identify your strong suits with the free values and action survey of character strengths developed by psychologists. Think about how you might use your top five strengths in your relationship at the office and in your free time, says Rouche. People who consistently apply signature strengths experience less depression and more happiness. It's an easy way to refocus your efforts to better set yourself up for success. So if you guys want to check out this website, it's V viacharacter.org. That's viacharacter.org. It takes about 15 minutes to take the survey and it will list out your 24 strongest qualities. Um, And this is not sponsored by them, although I wish it was. So there you have it. It's not always about self-improvement when you could focus on what is already good about you and your strengths. I also like the fake it till you feel it part. I remember learning this in AP Psych back in high school. It says, When you're bummed, the mere act of smiling can cheer you up. The reason for this effect has yet to be pinpointed. But one study at the University of Kansas reveals that flashing a grin slow downs the heart rate during stress and chills you out. And if you can't bear to smile, sadness and the occasional bad mood are natural too. No human can be happy 24-7. Maybe that's actually the happiest news of all. Two more things I want to slightly touch on here is whether money can buy you happiness um, and how to bounce back. We all know the saying, money can't buy you happiness, yet we still do retail therapy or at least majority of people including me sometimes do retail therapy and i think sometimes when we do buy things for ourselves as a treat we are a little bit happier am i right so according to this article that is focused on money and happiness it basically says money can improve the quality of your life aka your happiness level if you know how to or where to spend it The more money you have, the more you want and buying materialistic things such as a car or whatever is on your list can only bring you momentary joy as the article explains. We're never satisfied with what we have or if we are, we are happy for a moment and then it goes back and we want more, we want this, we want that, and it's almost never ending. So why do we think that if we have more, we'll be happier? Or once we get what we want, we're satisfied for a bit until we're hungry for more joy. And that's called, oh my gosh, bear with me because I don't know how to pronounce this, but it's hedonic treadmill or hedonic adaptation. H-E-D-O-N-I-C. I think that's how you say it. Uh, Basically, what this is, is you overestimate how much pleasure you'll get from having more. So humans are very adaptable creatures, um, which is, you know, a good thing because our ancestors have faced many, many situations, I guess. Um, you, You know, the ice age, plagues, and wars, but that's also why you're never all that satisfied for long. This is what the article has to say about this hedonic adaptation, hedonic treadmill. It says, you overestimate how much pleasure you'll get from having more. Humans are adaptable creatures which have been a plus during assorted ice ages, plagues, and wars. But that's also why you're never all that satisfied for long when good fortune comes your way. While earning more makes you happy in the short term, you quickly adjust to your new wealth and everything it buys you. Basically, the sense of new or the chase excites us. What is one secret to happiness? Well, guys, the answer is people. (laughs) And I can already hear you all Whisper, I hate people while listening to this podcast. But it kind of goes back to the list of nine earlier and spending time towards your relationships with people. In a survey that was conducted by the University of Chicago, they found that those who had five or more close friends tend to be happier. I wanna put a emphasis on close friends because obviously the quality of your friends matters more than the quantities i mean having 15 acquaintance friends is no better than having four or five close friends so investing in relationships they also found that people in a stable committed happy relationship Are happier than those who aren't. When it comes to money, spending money on experiences tend to make you happier than spending it on objects. The reason is because when we comb back through our memories, we often embellish a little of what actually happened or the good moments often overtake the bad ones. For example, when I went to California with my friends last summer, I remember it was like the last day, we had no plans for that day, and our flight was in the evening. So we decided to go to Burbanks for brunch, and then after that, we didn't have any plans until I believe our flight was like 8, I think. Um, But we wanted to... You know, we wanted to go to the beach. We wanted to spend the last day at the beach. And Santa Monica Beach was a little far, especially with traffic. So we ended up deciding to go to this beach called Dockweiler, which is right by the airport that we were um flying out of and I think it was LAX but I'm not entirely sure I don't remember I think that might have been the only anyways (laughs) so we drove an hour and ended up in this neighborhood that was also called Dockweiler and we were so confused we drove around the neighborhood and it was like suburbia there was no beach anywhere and we just sat in our car and realized we went to the wrong Dockweiler and that Dockweiler beach was actually 40 minutes away the opposite side and you know we were all tired and frustrated especially that one friend who drove the entire time uh, we were in California that entire week and so you can imagine how frustrated she was knowing she drove 40 minutes to the wrong Dockweiler. As frustrating as it was, and it was also hot, um, it was actually kind of funny and honestly, one of the best trips I've taken with my friends. And there were so many funny and good moments to remember, even though the trip cost a pretty penny. We always look back and laugh at like all the unfortunate moments during that trip and all the good moments too. Okay, and lastly, how to bounce back. We all cope differently. The time we need varies from person to person and from situation to situation. However, according to science, we can train our brain to withstand the hard times. And the key to this is resilience. Have you ever heard the quote that goes, you may not be able to control every situation and its outcome? but you can control your attitude and how you deal with it. Our brain has neural pathways that tell our mind and body how to feel and how to react during a situation. There's actually studies that show how social pain such as rejection and loneliness go through the same neural pathway as fear. So just like when our ancestors were hunting or out and about, you know, doing caveman stuff during the caveman ages, the fear of bumping into bears and wolves were very real and the feeling of fear from that is similar to the feeling of social pain. So, you know, unless you live in the wild, bumping into these animals isn't a daily worry or occurrence. But we still activate the same neural pathway when we are dealing with everyday stressors such as worrying about the future, the past, and situations that have happened and that we can't control. This is where resilience comes into play and how you can change your reaction to create a new neural pathway in response to stress. How you react to little things can predict how well you react and cope to bigger problems to that are to come. Like I said, everyone is different, we cope differently, the amount of time it takes us will vary from person to person. So there isn't just one exercise that will help everyone or, you know, have a, be a solution. But researchers found, and I'm just going to read this verbatim, that facing the things that scare you relaxes the fear circuitry, making that a good first step in building resilience. Isn't that ironic? They also mentioned that having a strong support system of friends and family, social support, is critical as well, which makes sense because no matter how strong we are as an individual, we can't always carry all the weight on our own shoulders and it's okay to reach out and ask for help even though it can be very hard sometimes. Resilience can be built from physical exercise as well. This is what I find really interesting. But what they said was that exercise develops new neurons and during stress, these neurons are damaged. So when you exercise, you're helping your brain develop new neurons. There's this column at the end of this article with 10 expert tips for resilience. So I'm just going to share them with you before I end this episode. Number one is to develop a core set of beliefs that nothing can shake. Number two, try to find meaning in whatever stressful or traumatic thing has happened. Three, try to maintain a positive outlook. Four, take cues from someone who is especially resilient. Five, don't run from things that scare you, face them. Six, be quick to reach out for support when things go haywire. Seven, learn new things as often as you can. Number eight is to find an exercise routine you'll stick to. Number nine, don't beat yourself up or dwell on the past. And number 10, recognize what makes you uniquely strong and own it. Well guys, that is it. I know a lot of those tips aren't mind-boggling, but I thought it would be nice to read them out loud as a reminder. I'm not sure if you can find these articles online or if you can even get this magazine anymore, but in the description, I will write the titles of the articles I cited as well as the authors for credit. Thank you guys so much for listening on today's episode on the Hello20s podcast. Let's get connected and continue our conversation over on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at Y-U-A-N-X-Q-I-U. I hope to see you there and I'll talk to you guys on my next episode.